Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. I know I have bunny ears on and it's Easter, but we have so much to talk about, including the 30th anniversary of Beetlejuice, Lean on Pete, Acrimony, Tyler Perry stuff, 2001 Odyssey. Stay tuned, y'all. We got so much to say. Y'all recognize this song. I know you do. It's Harry Belafonte singing Dio. 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 And Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. (laughs) I'm so excited. Welcome to the sixth edition of Black Tomatoes with me and Scott Menzel. I'm so excited. Can you tell? She is very excited today, ladies and gentlemen. My ears aren't blushing. (laughs) My mommy made me wear these ears. That's why I have them on. I'm really not this corny. Anywho, I'm Carla Renata. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And you are? Scott Menzel. We live entertainment. Thank you. Yes, yes. So, you guys, this is the 30th anniversary of Beetlejuice. Can you believe it's been 30 years? No, it makes me feel old. <laughs> it makes me feel really old. And this was the this I think this probably more than Batman is the one defining movie that most people know Michael Keaton from. Absolutely. Don't you think? Absolutely. I love this movie so much. He's so scary. And the thing about Beetlejuice is not only has it become an iconic classic film, but they now have a whole they used to have an not an attraction, but they used to have like a live musical show at Universal Studios yes. and um um, Universal in on the Orlando, Orlando. Yep. and now Beetlejuice kind of just trolls through the park, messing <laughs> messing with customers because he messed with me and my niece when we were there a couple of weeks ago. So that was fun. Um, and they actually are planning on making it into a musical, which I cannot wait for. Really? I cannot wait I don't for know it. how I feel about that. I am very excited. I don't know if I want to see Beetlejuice as a musical. It's potluck how it's going to go, but I <laughs> mean, I'm, I'm going to go see it because I'm such a big fan. This movie, I, thank you for picking this movie to talk about because it's like my jam. I wrote in a whole article on this the other day, uh, and like this was one of the first movies that really got me into movies. Really? So, yeah, I mean, I was a weird kid. We know that. We talked <laughs> yeah, about it last I was week. Too. I, was, but I was strange, too, so so we, we have that I in common. Lo- I love... You know, Tim Burton, when he started out, you know, he started out at Disney. People did not respect him over there. They were like, oh, you make too dark of movies. They're not for kids. Well, he, he is got the dark. Boot. He got the boot. Well, he is dark. Let's let's call a spade yeah, a spade. Yeah, yeah, Tim Burton right, is dark. Right, right. I love him. Edward Scissorhands, I'm just saying, but homeboy is dark. Well, do you know, here's some trivia for you. <laughs> okay, I can't wait. Do you know who he wanted to cast as Beetlejuice? Who? Sammy Davis Jr. That wouldn't have worked. And I love me some Sammy Davis Jr., but that wouldn't have worked. What was he thinking? I don't know. That's I don't crazy. know. But the uh, production company is the one who Nixed suggested um, Michael Keaton. They never knew of each other before this movie, mm-hmm. and they got along great. And obviously, they went on to make Batman and Batman Returns. Well, let's watch the trailer of it real quick so we can see why everybody else loves Beetlejuice, <laughs> too. Can you be scary? What do you think of this? <laughs> the party's over. You want somebody out of the house? I want to get somebody out of your house. <laughs> but the fun has just begun. It's showtime. Learn to throw your voice, boy, your friend, fun and party. <laughs> Not bad. <laughs> that is so stupid. <laughs> want a cigarette? 
That's way too much. Yeah. So we see, we see why everybody loves it. It's so corny and crazy. But, you know, there's there was somebody in a chat room um, for BHL, for I think for our show, that said that they saw this, or maybe it might have been on my, my Instagram page, that said that they saw this and it scared the hell out of them when they were a little kid. To this day, they can't watch it. Really? I mean, think about it. You're seeing skulls. You're seeing eyes pop out. Like that, those snakes popping out of his right, head. Like, right. that's kind of scary. I'm those, like, those sandworms are pretty scary. You know what? Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to move on to the next movie that is celebrating an anniversary. There's two of them. Yes. Two films that are celebrating anniversaries are 2000 2001 Space Odyssey and Planet of the Apes. Now, let me just let me just start with Planet of the Apes. Planet of the Apes. What? Okay, wait. Let me back it up. So the first time I saw Planet of the Apes, I recognized Roddy McDowell from being in that movie with Elizabeth Taylor, the one about the horse. Okay, I don't know the title of it. Sorry, I'll figure it out. Yeah, Blue Velvet. Oh, so, oh, okay. Blue Velvet. So that was like the film that made Elizabeth Taylor really famous when she was a little kid. And Roddy McDowell was like her best friend in that movie. So I used to watch him in all these MGM movies. So when he showed up in the Planet of the Apes as an ape, I was like, oh. <laughs> and then I was like, and here's Charlton Heston. And I knew Charlton Heston as, you know, <laughs> God, Moses. Yes, that's right. Whatever mm-hmm. he was, part in the sea. And I was like, for real though, Charlton? Charlton on part seas mm-hmm. and... He gonna be a, he gonna be an ape wrangler. I mm-hmm. can't with that. But um, Planet of the Apes two has also spurned multiple multiple um, sequels. It did it again when they did the reboot, and then the reboot spurned multiple sequels. It won it won a bunch of Academy Awards yes, this did. year too. Yes, it did. And they won some awards that are at the L.A. Online Film Critics. Yep, for the visual effects yes. and whatnot. So Planet of the Apes uh, clearly has that secret formula of keeping audiences entertained. But for the purposes of this conversation, I want y'all to see the um, part of the trailer from back in the day. Here we go. Oops, wrong movie, 2001 Space Odyssey. <laughs> <laughs> Da da. That's okay. <laughs> da, da, da. Da, da, da. I can talk about that one too. <laughs> uh, well, we got the, we got Moses over there. I see that. No, but um, <laughs> so uh, anywho, uh, Planet of the Apes, really great thing. But I didn't have her pull up. I didn't. It's my bad. I wanted you to pull up the trailer of 2001 Space Odyssey, and I jumped the gun. I put trailer on my little cheat sheet. So, we don't have to look it up, girl. We're going to go ahead and move on to uh, 2001 Space Odyssey, because I said all I need to say about Planet Apes, unless you have something uh, to add. I just want to say that I think it, it's it's a very iconic film. I think it, you know, the two movies we're talking about today, they're very, I don't know, like, they're trendsetters. You know, they, yeah, they're they, iconic for different reasons. Yeah, and I mean, Planet of the Apes was like the first movie where like you you really felt something for someone who was technically not human, and they were able to build off of that. Yeah, see, that's the argument though, because the argument is, as far as the theory of evolution is concerned, right, that we, we humans from, do yeah, come from yep. apes. So therefore, when Planet of the Apes came, okay, so when Planet <laughs> of the Apes came out, it wasn't a big surprise that the apes were talking and walking no. and acting like humans because as far as the theory of evolution is concerned, we're supposed to come from them. Okay, so now that I've totally put my girl on the spot, she didn't pull up the trailer for me. I love you so much. Thank you. Custody for final disposition. 
Okay, can I just can say I, how different trailers are? But wait, but wait. Not only are the trailers different, but let's just talk about the fact that why do the apes have like a British accent? I can get over the fact that the apes have a British accent. What the hell? But Charlton Heston's body know. is popping. I'm just saying. <laughs> All right, enough of that. <laughs> so 2001 Space Odyssey. Uh, um, that movie is iconic because that director... <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, he, yeah, this is the same guy who did Eyes Wide Shut with Tom Cruise, Robert Zemeck, I said no, the wrong name. No, no, you're talking about uh, Stanley Kubrick. Stanley Kubrick, I'm thinking Kubrick. That's Zemeckis. 2001. Okay. Yes. Okay. okay, right. You're going into 2001 now, right? Yes. Okay, okay. All, right. all right, all right, all right. So Stanley Kubrick, Stanley Kubrick is crazy as hell. His movies, he was known for doing really out-of-the-box crazy stuff. And when this film originally came out, it got panned. Oh, yeah. It got panned so bad. Because you know why? It's boring. It's boring. And I think for that, you know, we're so used to sci-fi movies now. That now we, we like, we then. then it was new. It was a new, yeah. new genre, a yeah. whole new game. Yeah. So seeing something that was this scientific, this slow paced, people were not ready for and it. And there wasn't and a now, whole lot of dialogue. No. I think it was like maybe three lines of dialogue in the whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> Folk were not having it. The studio wasn't having it. They showed it to some. Um, they showed it to uh, a group of people to screen it ahead of time, and people walked out on it. Like ten people ceremoniously just got up and bounced. And I'm like. Oh, okay. But let's see the trailer and see why. <laughs> it's all about that music, though. Yes, they use that music on everything. What a trailer. I know. But what it a was, trailer. But it was all about that music. It was all about that music. They use that music on so many things. Now, whoever composed that, they are getting paid. I, I know they are. They are getting paid. <laughs> so, I just wanted to celebrate the movies that are celebrating those anniversaries. Beetlejuice with their 30th anniversary. That's amazing. And um, Stanley Kubrick's 2001 Space Odyssey and Planet of the Apes with their 50th anniversary. Wow, I'm truly probably not going to be here when they have the 100, so I'm glad I was here for the 50th, because <laughs> that was special, I'm just saying. Um, now I'll be in my little uh, old folks' home sitting there. Someone's going to be feeding me soup. At 100? Yeah. Okay, you, you, you go there with that positive visualization. You <laughs> well, go right I'll only, ahead. I'll only be 85. I well, no, 100. I'm, well, you said 100 years anniversary, so it's only 50 years from now. Yeah, I won't be here. Okay. I, I might be still be here. <laughs> I'm be, hopeful. I w- yeah, I'm not. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole nother conversation. Um, but now we're going to get into the Easter picks. That's my bunny ears. <laughs> so Easter is one of my mother's favorite holidays. And one of the movies that um, my mother loved this year, that's, it wasn't an Easter movie, but people associate it with Easter because it has a rabbit in it, is Peter Rabbit. So let's take a look at that. Trip. <laughs> This is only the beginning. <laughs> Felix, blink. Blink. It's <laughs> Oh, my God. I laughed so hard when I saw that because it literally was a deer in headlights. 
And let me just say that James Corden as a bunny is kind of hilarious. I kind of love him. It was funny. There was a lot of controversy regarding this film when it came Uh out. Some people that didn't know that Peter Rabbit had clothes on, and that was the big thing about Peter Rabbit when the book was released, had an issue because the the rabbits had on clothes. I'm like, really? Is that all you can find? Some people had issues with the fact that when when the Peter Rabbit movie was released, there was a little bit of violence going on. Some of my fellow mommy bloggers weren't having it for that reason because they were like, oh, that's inciting violence. And there, it, has so, it has so much drama surrounded don't, by it. Don't, they, don't forget the allergy joke. Yes, like, I, was, oh, I, was just oh. about to, I was just about to say the thing about the asthma. And I, it was just, it got a bad rap to the point where the studio had to come out and apologize. Which was ridiculous, but by you, the way. For that, yeah. But I, not negating anything that anybody said about it that rubbed them the wrong way, I personally... I love this movie. It was, I'm a big old kid. That's my bunny. (laughs) I'm a big old kid. And so, you know, anything, my favorite thing in the world is watching a movie where there's talking babies and talking animals. If you have talking babies and talking animals, I'm all in all day long. So I was all about this movie. It was great. And I loved it. What did you think about it? I I enjoyed it. I think having seen um, Paddington 2 earlier in the year, Mm-hmm. kind of ruined it for me a little bit because that was such a s- sophisticated and smart like where it didn't kind of go for the cheap jokes mm-hmm. that I kind of fell back on this movie mm-hmm. a little bit but mm. I like the kid I mean the kids really enjoyed it here's the weird thing for me I, I think this is a, a great movie for adults and kids for ver- for different reasons I think the kids are going to really love the animal characters but I loved um, Dom Nau Gleason and Rose Byrne I thought yeah, love the chemistry great. between the two of them was great. They were great. And I love that I love the um seamless integration of live animation and animation. Like it was seamless the way they kind of oh, yeah. melded it together. You couldn't tell that, you know, people were probably doing their little green screen thing or talking to tennis balls or whatever. But I like I liked it. And Rose Byrne was No, really good. I think it's I think it's fine. I mean there's nothing wrong with it. It's fits perfectly into the target demographic. It I works. I like for everything. That. You know me. Yeah, I, just, I that's like everything. Okay. <laughs> I like it's everything okay. unless I don't. And when I don't, nope. then I have a whole lot to say about yes. it. Um, like thoroughbreds. <laughs> which you had nothing Pete. to say about it. And lean on Pete, which I'll get to that oh, later. Oh, okay. But um, <laughs> so my second um, pick that I absolutely, absolutely, absolutely adore is Easter Parade. Now, Easter Parade stars my favorite movie star of all time, Judy Garland. Well, my two favorite movie stars of all time, Judy Garland and um, Fred Astaire. And it's for most for the most part, it's a musical movie. Uh, Peter Lawson is in it. Ann Miller is in it, doing her little tap dancing thing, wearing everybody out. But it's just a really cool, traditional musical movie that celebrates the pageantry of Easter. And um, here's a little clip of Judy singing some of the Easter Parade song. Bonnet and of the guy I'm taking to the Easter parade. 
love that. And as a matter of fact, if y'all are at home right now. I have never seen it. I'm going to be honest. It's on TV right now. Uh, oh, is it? It is okay. on television right now. But I'm not trying to throw y'all over there to leave us to go watch the Easter Parade. You can catch it on, <laughs> you can catch it on YouTube somewhere. <laughs> but it's I on love, YouTube. It's, it's great. It is a great. It's, it's one of the best uh, Fred Astaire, Judy Garland movies ever. Other, unlike the that other film that her and um, Gene Kelly did, The Pirate. That's a whole other conversation. <laughs> but last but not least for, for our Easter picks is The Ten Commandments. Now, The Ten Commandments was on television yesterday. Of course it was. It was on again today. This is my all-too favorite, 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 favorite go-to pick for Easter because I just love the corniness and pageantry of when Charlton Heston parts the sea, as we see it right now. Yeah. It just makes me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, what isn't funny is when the people start running through there and the water decides it's going to come and swallow everybody up. That's not hot. Or the runtime. <laughs> oh, yeah. Or but everybody was in this. Edward G. Robinson was in it. Yvonne DiCarlo was in it. Charlton Heston was in it. Like, a lot of big movie stars of that time were in this movie. You know, we talked about two, two Charles Heston movies today. I know. Planet of the Apes in this one. He was hot back in the day. I know. This was the one, though, that pretty much launched him, though. Yul Brenner, we know him from The King and I. He was in it, too. Here they go. They running through that water. <laughs> it's about to be off and cracking. And some folk are not going to be happy, especially no. the ones in the back of the line. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's not... <laughs> that is so mean. I'm so wow. mean. You're keeping the Easter spirit alive today. I'm not. <laughs> but I just love this. I was always fascinated. And, and when I when I was a little kid and watched this, I really thought that Charlton Heston could part a sea. Like, I really thought that. Now I know better. No, but... I mean, honestly, if you look at it, I mean, just the visuals of this, I mean keep in mind how old this movie is but it's still pretty good i mean it was shot really well it's very yeah. clear it was shot in well no uh, i'm talking about just the, even the water the special, effects. The special effects yeah i mean you know it was it was i i it's one of my favorite all two movies and you know the funny thing is charlton heston unfortunately became known more for his stand with the nra than he was for the ten commandments and the planet of the apes but yes. we will always remember him and his special <laughs> work uh, and stellar work in um the ten commandments and planet of the apes so now we're going to move on into the future <laughs> And we're going to talk about a little film from my former boss, Tyler Perry. He has a film that's out called Acrimony. It stars Taraji P. Henson, and they've worked together on a few films. And I actually saw, saw this interview of them on The View. They brought them on The View together to interview them. And they were like, so, how long? And I couldn't <laughs> wait for the answer to this question because I already knew because I'd worked with him and shot two episodes in one day. So... <laughs> When they asked her how long it took to shoot the film, and she was like, "Yeah, we did this in eight days." They were like, uh, 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 uh. "Yeah, he doesn't. He he no. wastes no time. He's about the business." And um, he said that this was his favorite film. So I, I want y'all to watch the clip, and then Scott and I are going to talk about whether or not it's our favorite film. I have a lot to say maybe about this. I'm sure you do. Another way to look at this. Maybe he did mean what he said. Maybe the deceit isn't what you think. Would you allow room for that possibility? He caused all of this. All of it.
me. You think he owes her? Every damn breath in his body. Mm-hmm. See, now... That trailer is misleading. That trailer? Is misleading. Well, kind of, but not really. So, I want to hear what you have to say about it first, and then and then I'll tell you what I have to say about it. I'm, I, hey, hey. <laughs> I hate you so much. I'm right one of... I'm one of the rare white people who actually like Tyler Perry movies, in all fairness. But... I have seen every single Medea movie. But... No, I, I'm going to say that I really enjoy this movie. <laughs> okay. No, no, no. I was like, no, he's, no, no, he's no, setting no. me up, he's setting me no, up. No, no, Okay. <laughs> the movie goes, like, somewhere in the second half of it. Like, at the first, like, it's kind of like moving along, moving along, moving along. And I'm kind of like, okay, where's this going? And then halfway through it, I'm like, oh, damn. And it switches gears, and I was thoroughly entertained by it pretty much all the way through. And my God, she just went crazy. She you went know, bad she kind of lost her mind. So, you know, I've heard of matrimony. I've heard of all these other Onis, but I had never heard of acrimony. I was like, well, what the hell does that mean? And it basically means um, uncontrollable rage is what it means. And Taraji's character in this movie to me wasn't too it was like a deranged version of Cookie Lion is what it felt like. Yes, but I feel like that's her in general. <laughs> no. I feel like she's kind of like Cookie in a lot of well, movies. Well, okay, you know, there are elements of Taraji. <laughs> I don't know her at all. Right. But um I know she went to my the same alma mater that I did Howard University, but um I feel like I've seen, she, there was a TV drama that she was on. I can't remember the name of it right now. But she was on a TV drama where she, there was no element of Cookie or any of these other characters in that character at all. And she wasn't like that also in Hidden, Hidden Figures. No, either. she wasn't like that in Hidden Figures. She wasn't like that in um, uh, I didn't Benjamin see, Buttons. Did you, you, did you see Proud Mary? I didn't see I didn't see Proud Mary. Either. But she was nominated for um, an Oscar for her role in uh, Benjamin Buttons, which kind of put her on the map. And she hadn't been out in Hollywood that long before um, she did Benjamin Buttons. And it was a whole new, it was a completely different Taraji. She was a little, um, her face was a little fuller. She was a little less glam, you know, as, as far as Hollywood standards go. And she was still, you know, just a down-to-earth girl from D.C. She still is a down-to-earth girl from D.C. But now she's a down-to-earth girl with some money and, yes. and a couple of awards behind her name. So there's that. But as far as Taraji is concerned in Acrimony, the I enjoyed the movie, too. I loved it. But the only thing that really kind of bothered me, and I'm not even sure why this bothered me, and and I had to think about it. I'm think, and I'm thinking, okay, this is probably what the premise was for this. But I'm just spitballing and guessing here. Sure. When they had the younger version of her have these kind of grayish eyes, and then when Taraji played the older version of the character, and she had gray eyes too, I'm like, is that supposed to be synonymous of this girl having a devil streak or something? Because why why would she have to have different color eyes than the other two sisters? Oh, Do you know what I mean? I, did you notice that? See, I didn't, I, you didn't notice see, that. I did not notice that at all. I noticed I, that. I, I, do, I would like to actually talk about this movie a little bit more in depth than we usually do. Okay. So, as a female watching this movie, I'm, I, there is, uh, there's someone on our site who actually reviewed this movie and said that this was Tyler Perry basically si- sided with the man in this movie. Do you feel that way? Hmm. 
I don't feel that way. I feel like he told both sides of the story. I feel like he told her side of the story as, you remember that movie First Wives Club? Mm-hmm. So there, there's that line where Ivanka, is it Ivanka? Yeah, Ivanka Trump says, don't get mad, get even. This young lady got mad and she got even. <laughs> yeah, oh <laughs> You yeah. know what I mean? So there's something to be said for a woman that marries a man, pulls him up by his bootstraps when he has nothing, just for him to hit after they break up. And she broke up with him. It wasn't the other way around. She broke up with him, and then she came back after she saw that he really was sincere and that his invention really did hit. And then he was like, mm, sorry, I moved on. You said you didn't want me. So there's something to be said to said for a woman that supports her man to that nth degree. And then the question is, do you hang in there no matter what they do? Or at some point, do you just have to call it a rap like she did in the film? From the male point of view, he... I don't think he sided with the male because no. he had the, he had the brother sitting uh, sitting he had the brother living in a um, a shelter he had him washing dishes I mean if he was siding with the brother then he wouldn't have been in no shelter washing dishes he would have immediately moved in with the chick that he that he married the second chick that he married right right so I I, I feel like it wasn't told from I feel like it was told from both points of view even still with the scene where she. Um, she found out, like, he, she bought him that car, and then he didn't call her for two days, and she called him, and he was sounding funny on the phone. Can't tell you how many times I've been on the other end of that phone call. <laughs> That's a whole other story. <laughs> but just saying. Uh. But she got in her car and rammed over the the trailer that he was living in. And for me, watching it, I was angry for her because it seemed like no matter what she did to help him financially, he always had some excuse and he didn't even attempt to get a job until there was no more money left. Actually, he didn't even do that. He, he And the one time he did attempt a job, when they called and said, yo, you got to come to this meeting right now, he dropped what he was doing. He didn't care that his sisters and her, her um, husbands were going to lose their business. He didn't care that that, that uh, Taraji's character was going to lose the house. That was his house, too. That was roof over his head. He didn't care. So, no, I don't feel like, um, I don't feel like Tyler sided with the man. He told both sides of the story because th- there were some unsavory things about both characters, and both characters lost something in the process. Yeah, I, I think there's, a, there's something to be said about this movie. I felt like... <laughs> Watching this this character, um, and he was he was very determined, obviously, mm-hmm. and he made a mistake early on in the film, which you were talking about, mm-hmm. and she was very pissed off about it. But what I I do admire about that character was that after that happened, he never did it again. It was like something that happens when you're young; you make mistakes, and he kind of learned through it. And you he, know, you talking about cheating on her? Yeah, 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 but. All that other stuff, the money stuff. Well, it's no, like, really? it, it was weird because that's what I was. That's what I was kind of getting at, right? So the entire movie with their relationship, you have the family gnawing in her hair, saying like, "He's bad news. He's bad news. He's bad news," and no one really was believing in him either. And then she kind of kept supporting him and gave him all the money. And then literally, as soon as like all the money was gone, you know, he makes this. He gets this call. And he gets this call, and then it's like his life starts changing because someone else takes a chance on him. So I, I was just curious as to what you thought about that aspect of it because I was fascinated by that because it's it's always funny how, like, one person just may not be 
have what the person needs in a lot of ways. Like I almost took that message from this because it was like that woman stepped in and she was able to turn his life around and live up to all the dreams and expectations that he promised, you know, Taji's character. But see, this is the thing, but this is the same chick who was in the trailer that she knocked over. Right. So that's, I don't, I think had, had that woman been anybody else that he went to for help with the, that eventually kicked him over to get the money had that woman been anybody else but her, I don't think that that Melanie would have snapped the way she did. But to find out all these years later that this is the same chick, so now your head is spinning. So now you're thinking, oh, so you've been involved, and then they find the wallet in the truck. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Was that like a cut scene, you think, or is it something like I just... Because like they, there was no build up to that. Like they had that, that conversation. Was, I think that was. I think it might. It was either a cut scene or a um, something in the editing that went awry. Because there was nothing to lead you to no, believe that she'd no. ever been in that truck to leave the wallet. So you were. And like, then she acted all su- all surprised when she got she got the wallet back. Remember, right. she was like, "Oh, she, she's she like, like, did you steal this from like, me?" She was like, "This was in your truck." Yeah, and I was you, like, and it's like what? And I'm, I'm like, "Where I'm did like, this come from?" I'm like, that was the only thing that I was kind of like, what's happening? But okay, I'll go with that. Yeah, I was just like... And the other thing that I was kind of like, I can see having money, but they they paid him, and it just seemed like his lifestyle expanded like this overnight. It was like one minute he was going to get the money, and then he wrote her a check, and then he got the penthouse on the top floor of the building. Then they got the yacht, and they did this. I don't know if I felt like it happened overnight or if it was happening over a period of time. But now that it's coming out of my mouth and I'm talking it through, it did happen over a period of time because they showed her looking at her laptop over a period of time, sending these emails and watching their right, life on Right, right, so, okay, right, right. I yeah, remember question. she did the Instagram yeah, yeah. and the Facebook. Happen. Yeah, It did happen over a period of time. But I was just like, I felt like in terms of, oops, phone, sorry. I felt like in terms of the um, the court scenes, the courtroom scenes with the judge, I felt like those scenes were more siding with the man than they were with her. Yes, that's what I felt like. I felt like they didn't give her no no kind of love in the courtroom. They were just like, you're crazy and you need to stay away from him. And I'm just like, but what about what he did? He like, yeah. he, really? Yeah, I mean, all that, I, I think what happened was when they showed the courtroom scene, wasn't it like after he gave back the money and all that stuff happened? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it was kind of like she was going too late, mm-hmm. I feel like. And they were like kind of looking at it and they were saying like, well, he already gave you this, and it was three times what you what what you know she gave him. Right. And then it's like, oh, and then you lost the house, but he was nice enough to buy it back. He said, "It's I a feel very like, yeah." It was that part was kind of like it's a very complicated movie, and I don't know if it's if if it's complicated on purpose or if it's just like that well thought out. I think it's complicated on purpose because, like you, I'm a fan of Tyler Perry's films as well, and I noticed that. There's all usually in the film, there's some type of family message. Yes. But with this, there was that message of a, you know, look what happens when you support somebody and and you don't support them all the way. This is what can happen to you when you don't support them all the way. This is what can happen to them when you don't support them all the way. Yeah, because I guess in the movie there, the other girl that he had, you know, cheated on with in the beginning of the movie Essentially, if you follow the film, it doesn't look like anything ever happened again between them. So if she actually, if she she didn't, 
if she didn't, she kind of didn't listen to the family. That was another interesting dynamic of this movie, right? She kept listening to the family. Everyone kind of like was like, you got to get rid of this guy. You got to get, get rid of this guy. And it was like right when he kept trying to pursue this battery thing and she, he met her and he found out that she took over like, or was one of the big people at the company, you know, it, it just seemed to happen seamlessly. You know, she wasn't, she wasn't quick to judge him either. Like she, she didn't say, "Oh, you're here again. Let me just let you right back into my life." You know. The, the, but after he showed yeah. up that first time, though, after he showed up that first time is when he got that phone call right. telling him to stay away. And right. And then she started watching the videos and everything, and then she reached out. To That's him what I'm saying. After watching the video, so essentially, it it is what exactly what you're saying is that it was just believing. Like how much is is long enough to believe in someone. Yeah. How much is long enough to believe in someone? And that's a, and that's the question that you walk away asking yourself. He always leaves you asking some kind of question when you walk away from the theater. But the thing that made me laugh is I was leaving the theater and there was a couple that had watched the film that was, that was walking out in front of me. <laughs> and the guy was like, they couldn't wait for the hospital to come and get him on the boat. And the girl was like, babe, he was bleeding out. I have yeah. a hard time. She said, I have a hard time believing that he's going to bleed out on the boat for 45 minutes and the ambulance is just going to come and save him. <laughs> I was, they were having this, they were going in on each other about him bleeding out on this boat. It made me laugh. He was in the but middle I of the hate, ocean. Oh, but I hate how her demise came. That was sad like a mug. You thought so? Oh, that was sad. Like, she had it coming, but I'm like, dang, she got to go like that. I mean, man, I tell you, she went so batch crazy at the end of this movie. Like, I mean... She had the dress on, and I, know, I mean, I just I was like, like she deserve to go out like that. I was like, ooh, okay. So we, I mean, I, I will give it credit for doing it that way because essentially it could have been like, oh, someone could have discovered it, and blah blah. You know, the same typical ending. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of, it was kind of interesting how they wound up doing that. Yeah, I, I was very. I didn't see that coming. No, I, I was really surprised. didn't see that coming. Did you coming. see the? Tw- I mean, based on the trailer, did you see the twist coming halfway through the movie? No. No, I didn't see it either. I didn't see any of that coming. But I liked it. I was me too. Like, it I was, thought it was really it entertaining. It was a good night at the theater for me. I was like, <laughs> okay, this is cool. So now let's talk about Lean on Pete. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Lean on Pete was one of those movies where I was just like... <laughs> Come on, I, I like try- when you get I like when you get upset about stuff. It's great because you don't do it that often. I don't because I love everything. But before I get upset, let's watch the trailer. <laughs> My horse needs water. Do you mind if I get some? Who's that? It's a kid with a horse. I'm sorry, Charlie, but I need to call someone for you. Just give me a number. There's nobody. Charlie. anywhere else to go you're kind of stuck do you guys think i could get a job around here yeah there's a lot of jobs for homeless kids i'm not homeless so you're a runaway no okay charlie where are your parents you gonna get on him next he's not for riding so, if you saw that trailer, you would think this was a movie about a horse, right? <laughs> you love your horses. I love horses. Uh, no. But what I hate is when you lead me to believe I'm going to see a movie about a horse, and it ends up being about a homeless boy. I'm just saying. 
lean on Pete. Now, if you saw that trailer, you would think that you were going to see a movie about a horse. But, you know, before I start talking about horses and, and, and homeless people and stuff... <laughs> <laughs> let me just let me just add, Easter. Let me just in Easter. Let me just add a little tidbit. So y'all know Maria Menunos. I know that you do, and you know my girl Maria has a podcast over on iTunes. It's called Conversations with Maria. It's every Friday. She's our After Buzz TV founder, along with Kevin Undergirl. Thank you, thank you, thank you for supporting us with Black Tomatoes. And you know what? She does influencer interviews. She talks about health. She becomes the big sister that you never had. So I tell you what. Show your appreciation for Miss Maria Menunos and go on over to iTunes, subscribe to Conversations with Maria on Fridays, and let her know that Carla Renata, the curvy critic, and Scott Menzel, We Live Entertainment, sent you on over there. So now I'm going to talk about <laughs> Lean on Frickin' Pete. <sighs> the best thing about Lean on Pete to me was Charlie Plummer's performance. Absolutely. He was the best thing in the movie. He reminded me, he reminded me so much of it was like he was like a little smash up combo of um River Phoenix and Leonardo DiCaprio for me. That's a great combination. Yeah. It was like a little smash up yeah. combo of those two people into one acting I person. I can totally see that. Yeah. His performance, his performance alone is worth the movie for me. That alone. The fact that it's called Lean on Pete and they show in a trailer like it's about a horse, that was very misleading, and I'm not having that. The horse section of the movie lasts for maybe the first <laughs> quarter of it, and then the rest of the film deals with him, you know, being this homeless boy. I understand the 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 um the importance of that right now in this society. I understand that. But don't be making me think I'm seeing a movie about a horse and I'm watching a movie about a homeless boy. And I hated the fact that they wasted Steve Buscemi oh my God, and Chloe so Sevigny. Their performances and their talent was wasted in this movie. They didn't do hardly enough. I mean, this was Charlie Plummer's film. Right. And that's pretty much all I have to say about Lean On Pete. It, it's, it's, <laughs> it's so generic. I mean, that's my problem with it. Like, I... I I don't really mind not having the horses in it, but for me, I watching this movie, like I saw it at Telluride, mm -hmm. and it's it shows you how much they don't believe in it because <laughs> it's coming out now, like not around the award season. You know, this is his first performance, mm -hmm. and they put all the money in the world out first. Mm -hmm. So, like, people already know him from that. Mm -hmm. So, the people are going to watch this and be like, what do you mean his first performance? We've seen him in that other movie. Um, I just thought it was very monotonous and it was just long and it was just like, uh, like just sad for the sake of being sad. And it just kept going and going and going. And I was just kind of like, let's get to the point already. And then when it ends, it's just kind of like the most womp womp way of ending. Yeah, it was like, it was like, really, that's how it's going to end. But, and I totally agree with everything that you said. What I also say about it is it does give, it does a, it does give a semi-realistic Im Im impression of what being a homeless teen in Los Angeles is like because the one guy has the trailer and his girlfriend is in the trailer. And, you know, because so, I see this is the thing. This is the thing that um, fascinated me. That about was Steve that. Zahn, right? Yeah. Yeah, Steve Zahn. Steve Zahn has that trailer with his girlfriend. This is the thing that fascinated me about that. I live in the San Fernando Valley here in Los Angeles, and there is a stretch of road that I have to drive by to get home where there are trailers like that lined up and tent cities and all kinds of stuff. So I'm just like, 
part of you is like, are these people that are down on their luck that became homeless? Are these mental patients that they kicked out of the mental institution? Are these kids that somebody's looking for? You know what I mean? And that's the problem with the movie, right? Because essentially, like, if they're going to focus, if they're not going to focus on the horses for you... Then focus on that. They should focus on that. And they don't. Right. It's just like this generic story of, like, this poor kid and is like, comes from abusive household. How many times have we heard this story before? And then he kind of keeps going across the country and he keeps coming <laughs> coming up and it, what was it like he was looking for his mom right like it's mm-hmm. like how like formulaic is this i mean and it's just everything that goes on it's just and, and then he ends up with his aunt i know like he walks he walks across the country to get to his aunt and then he finally gets there and he's like i know you won't let me stay here right. and she's like well he's gone and i'm just like i yeah I know. I'm like, I don't know how I feel about it's any so of this. so underwhelming. I don't know how I feel about any of this. Speaking of which, so we need to cut. So that's what we have to say about Leon okay, P. Because okay, we're just yeah, like, that's, that's we're, we're like, we're kind of want, want, want about that. Both yes. of us, yeah. So I want to give the fans of Black Tomatoes a shout out. Because you guys are very vocal. You guys are very supportive. You go in when you need to go in. You lay out when you need to lay out. (laughs) And I appreciate you no matter which vantage point you are coming from. And what I'd really like for you guys to do is to help Scott and I come up with some kind of rating system for the film so that you know whether we really hated it, whether we really liked it, or whether we were like, wah, wah, wah about it. So um, let us know how you feel about that. And then before I sign us out of this edition of Black Tomatoes, which was really good. Yes, it was. Discussion. I want to just talk about something that we didn't talk about really briefly. This week um, on Wednesday celebrates the 50th anniversary of Dr. Martin Luther King um, being shot. There's a lot of movies, a lot of books and everything written about that, none of which I will go into in this moment. But what I will say is the fact that Dr. King had a dream. I'm I'm about to get a little emotional. (laughs) The fact that Dr. King had a dream um, is really a beautiful thing because that dream allows someone like me to sit at a table with Scott Menzel and do a film review show. Whereas when he was fighting for that dream to succeed, that was not possible during that time. So I think that now, since we're living in those same kind of days where the dream is having to be reactualized and revisualized, I want to employ everybody that watches this show, that watches and supports After Buzz and Black Hollywood Live to not live in fear, not live in... Um, judgment and not live in a separatist type of mentality because it's only when we get rid of those mentalities will we begin to succeed and move forward from um, the dark and troubled times in which we found find ourselves living in. Do you have anything to add to that, Scott? Terrific. I, I, I agree with you 100%. Um, I will tell I will tell you, and maybe nobody knows this besides you. Um, I do come from a mixed background house. I have four black brothers. Um, racism, sadly, is very much still alive in this country. I hear about it almost every time when I talk to one of my brothers who live in Pennsylvania, and I hear how when he comes into a store, people look at him, people follow him around. It's very upsetting to me, and um, I agree. I think. Um, we have to continue Dr. Martin Luther King's dream and keep it alive today. And we need to keep fighting for equal rights. We need to keep fighting for more equality. It's so important. And we need to keep doing it because it's never going to go away until everyone becomes accepting of it. And that's going to be a long battle, but it's worth fighting. 
I'm sorry. It's worth fighting for. Most definitely. Most definitely. Um, there is one film that you guys can check out about Dr. King, and it's dealing with him from a different vantage point that we've never seen. It's called King in the Wilderness. It was at Sundance Film Festival earlier this year. Um, Andrew Young, who's the former mayor of Atlanta, is featured very prominent in it, and it can be seen on HBO. So having said all of that, um, thank you so much again for watching um, Black Tomatoes and um, so supporting much. Scott and I. We have a lot of films to talk about. There is a plethora of movies that are being released on April 6th, and so we got so much to talk about when we come back. But until then, I am Carla Renata, the Curvy Film Critic. You can find me at the Curvy Film Critic across all social media platforms. Please don't forget to catch us in Black Tomatoes on iTunes at YouTube. Subscribe to us. Let us know how you feel and I promise we will answer you back. And where can they find you, Scott? Scott Menzel. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the other Scott M. And then also go to WeLiveEntertainment.com for all my re- written reviews and interviews. Thank you very much. Thank you, guys. See you next time. Bye. From executives Kevin Undergaro, Dario Kristen, Tiana Hobson, and the entire BHL staff, we would like to thank you for supporting Black Hollywood Live, the first online broadcast network dedicated to African-American entertainment. For questions and comments, contact us, info at blackhollywoodlive.com. Like us on Facebook, tweet us, or Instagram at BHL Online. And I am the official voice of Black Hollywood Live, Scipio, Instagram, at KingXOBay. Thanks for tuning in. Hollywood redefined. The views expressed here are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.